0: On today's Winning Cures Everything, we are going over bowl previews, part number two. We got picks for bowl games starting Saturday, uh, December 23rd, all the way through, let's see, Thursday, December the 28th. We've got 18 games today. Let's not waste time. Let's jump into it.
1: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop
3: I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything.
1: Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host. a confident young man. A superb athlete.
3: Gary Segers.
0: Welcome in to Winning Cures Everything. It is the Thursday, the 21st edition of the show. Bowl previews or picks or whatever. Bowl picks. College football bowl picks, uh, part two. We got 18 games to discuss today. I am your host, Gary Seegers. Of course, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at GaryWCE. I am also on Twitter at Winning Cures. Uh, again, hopefully everybody's having a wonderful day thus far, a wonderful Christmas or holiday break, uh, whatever it is that you are doing. Let me tell you first check out the BetUS College Football Show. There's a link in the description for all the different bowl previews and the official plays that we have given out over there. I would highly, highly recommend that. If you want to support this show, you can do that. You can be a member here on YouTube, or you can go over to buymeacoffee.com slash winningcures. Uh, If you want to know what my plays are, uh, go to Telegram, t.me slash garywce. Uh, I will have all those posted up over there. So... Uh, Hopefully, again, you're all doing well. Uh, We don't want to waste too much time. So, hey, let's go on and dive into it. We're going to start with the Camellia Bowl. And this one's Arkansas State and Northern Illinois. Uh, It's down in Montgomery. Northern Illinois is a three-point dog right now with a total of 53.5 on this. Uh, It's Saturday, December 23rd, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. Of course, that is God's time zone. So let's go on and pull up the numbers here. And uh, uh, that's the wrong one. Let's look at this. There we go. All right, so full season numbers. I would have Northern Illinois favored by 4.30. The power rating has Northern Illinois minus 5.358. So full season numbers do tend to lean Northern Illinois. A lot of love for Arkansas State for some reason right now. Uh, But you start looking through these, neither team... Great on offense or defense. Northern Illinois really good at running the ball. Uh, Arkansas State not great at stopping it when you look at the full season numbers. As far as defense is concerned, uh, Arkansas State got a little bit better throwing the football uh, throughout the season. Number 82 PBA per pass. Uh, but that is the strength of the Northern Illinois defense. Now, this is the full season numbers. Let's look at the most recent numbers. And, uh, and I will pull up the full screen for that. Uh, on this, you can see Arkansas State is favored by .42 points based on the last six weeks of the season. Uh, Strength of schedule certainly leans Arkansas State. Uh, Northern Illinois played the third easiest schedule in the country, number 131. Uh, Arkansas State, number 83. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that they played Oklahoma to start the season. Northern Illinois, their P5 out of conference was Boston College. So big difference there, obviously, uh, but also playing in the MAC compared to playing in the Sunbelt. Sunbelt teams have been awful thus far in bowl games, so let, let's not kid ourselves. And MAC teams have certainly uh, shown up in a big way, so that's uh, that's definitely good. Uh, I think you could say. <laughs> um, Sun Belt teams, by the way, are zero and three against the spread and straight up uh, in their games. So uh, that's not that's not a good thing. Not a good thing. Uh, no 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 that's not true. They're 1 and 2. I believe App State uh, beat Miami of Ohio. But uh, regardless, here we are again. We got a MAC team against the Sun Belt team. And over the last 6 weeks, you look at what uh, Northern Illinois has been doing, running the ball nearly 60% of the time and they're number 6 in the country in PPA per rush. Uh, Arkansas State has gotten okay at stopping that. But l- the the rushing explosiveness uh, that's going to be a big one. Is Arkansas State going to be able to slow them down? Northern Illinois is number 12 in rushing explosiveness on offense. Uh, Arkansas State, number 101. Uh, that's, that's not good. I mean, their defense, not able to slow them down whatsoever. Uh, you start looking through the other side of the ball, and yeah, if Arkansas State gets their running game going, then okay, I could see it. But you start to look at, I mean, teams are running the ball over 60% of the time on uh, Northern Illinois' defense, and they're still pretty good at it, right? They're number 41 in rushing success allowed. Arkansas State is number 34. Uh, PPA per rush, number 61 for Arkansas State's running game, uh, number 77 for Northern Illinois' defense. There's, I'm surprised that so many people are all over Arkansas State based on. Uh, penalties per game, turnovers, just everything else. Like I, this looks. I know that it says Arkansas State favored by 42 points two uh, points, but when I look at this, like I, I see a Northern Illinois win. I think this is a good team. Uh, I think the matchup suits them here. Uh, this is, I mean, you guys tell me what you see. I, I feel I feel like Northern Illinois is going to win the game, so I will certainly take them plus the three on this one. So. Uh, We'll move ahead and let's do the Birmingham bowl. The Birmingham bowl, of course, Saturday, December 23rd, also 11 a.m. This one on ABC. It's 11 a.m. Central time, Troy against Duke. And these are two teams that are going to look completely different. Both teams lost their head coaches. Uh, That's not a good thing. The total on this is 44 and a half. Duke is currently a seven and a half point underdog. And Full season numbers would have Troy favored by a little over two points here. Now, this is the stat-based model. Uh, The power rating would have Duke favored by two. Um, You start going through the full season, Troy's defense is just awesome. Uh, Their offense, not exactly anything to write home about, but, you know, alas, it is what it is. Uh, But you guys want to know the most recent numbers, and these are over the last six weeks, so let's look at that. Over the last six weeks, it would have Troy favored by 10.59 yeah, yeah. Uh, now, that is before all of the opt-outs and everything else, and Troy doesn't really have a lot of opt-outs. Uh, John Sumrall is not going to be coaching this game. He's uh, already gone off to Tulane, uh, but Mike Oko is not going to be coaching for Duke either. Uh, now, Duke has a bunch of guys out, and the biggest thing is uh, their defense, which uh, we look down here, their defense is pretty good against the run. This So Troy is not exactly... Uh, they're not what's the word I'm looking for consistent running the ball, but they are relatively explosive, right? Number 51 in rushing explosiveness, even though they're number 81 in PPA per rush, 79 in rushing success rate. Duke's defense has been really good at stopping that, uh, but they got a bunch of defensive linemen that are not going to be playing in this. Uh, there's just, there's a whole bunch of dudes that won't be suiting up for Duke in this spot. Uh, a lot of dudes that have already transferred, et cetera. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, headed off to Notre Dame and whatnot, <laughs> so that's that's not great. Um, when you start to look at, like, five factors plus talent, stuff like that, uh, that all heavily leans towards Troy. I don't know what Duke is going to be able to do on offense. Uh, they they are about, what, about 50-50% um, running and passing, and they're not going to be able to run the ball at all when you look at what they do as far as passing the ball, uh, their offensive line is not going to be able to stop Troy. Troy number 20 in havoc rate created. Um, Duke's offense is number 91 in havoc allowed, and that's before they have people opt out. So, yeah, the number is pretty big. It's seven and a half. Um, but if you're going to go any direction on this, I I, kinda, I mean, I feel like you have to go Troy on this. So... I uh, I will take the favorites here from the Sun Belt, even though the Sun Belt has not been very good uh, lately. But, I mean, this is the team that won the Sun Belt. And they have proven themselves. So give me Troy minus 7.5 on that one. Uh, we move ahead. The Armed Forces Bowl has got James Madison and Air Force. And currently the line on this is James Madison favored by one point with a total of 40.5 here. Uh, this one's Saturday, December 23rd, and it is at 2.30 p.m. Central Time, also on ABC. And let's pull up the numbers. That way you guys uh, get an idea of what we're looking at here. Full season numbers would have James Madison favored by .06 points. Now, James Madison, another team whose head coach is gone. Kurt Signetti off to Indiana. Uh, so he is not going to be coaching in this game. But... Uh, The rest of the coaching staff, from what I understand, is uh, maybe not all, but a lot of them are going to stay back and coach in this game. Uh, They've got eight guys in the transfer portal, and uh, it may be more than that now. But regardless, the guys that are in the portal have all said they're playing. The quarterback, Jordan McLeod, said that he's playing. Uh, This team, when it comes to matchups that you would like in a bowl game, uh, if you are Air Force You want teams that don't know how to defend the run. They are number 15 in PPA per rush on the season. They are number one in rush rate. They run the ball nearly 85% of the time. Number 32 in rushing success rate. What you don't want, if you are Air Force, is a team that knows how to stop the run. Number one in PPA per rush defense. Number one in rushing success rate. Uh, Teams do not run the ball on James Madison because they can't. Uh, James Madison, number one in offensive line yards allowed. Uh, they are number one in stuff rate. Like, this is a fantastic matchup. We are going to see strength on strength here. Uh, James Madison, not good at running the ball. They, they've they tried to do it 50-50 over the full season. Uh, they just have not been very good at it. So, they are going to try and throw on Air Force. So, let's look at the last six weeks. And we'll pull up the full... Staying here so that you're not distracted by anything else um it, my power rating has air force by one over the last six weeks the stats have got james madison by seven uh still really good against the run although air force has dropped off a little bit they're number 84 in rushing success rate over the past six weeks uh, when you look on the other side yeah james madison's still not good at running the ball but they don't do it as much anymore uh they were running it over 48 percent of the time now they're only running it over 42 percent of the time Uh, You look at their passing offense, number 12 in passing success rate. Air Force's defense, number 58. Uh, You look at Havoc allowed, you know, passing downs, PPA, all that kind of stuff. Air Force not nearly as good in those. Uh, And then you start looking at the five factors plus talent rank. And this skews James Madison so heavily, it's not even funny. Number 21 in the country is James Madison. Uh, Number 102 in five factors plus talent rank over the past six weeks for Air Force, that is not going to get it done. Uh, whether Zach Larrier comes back or not, who he's the Air Force quarterback, uh, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference here because James Madison has been fighting to get to a bowl game for two years. I think about that. This team is eleven and one. They want to win the first ever bowl game at James Madison. Uh, this is a historical thing. So, uh, I would I would trust them to get it done. But you look at those numbers, uh, I don't know why the line, I mean, obviously, the Armed Forces Bowl, everybody's going to bet on Air Force. uh, But I am going to go the opposite direction here, and I am going to take James Madison to cover the one on this one. Uh, And with that, we will continue on. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Georgia State against Utah State. This one Saturday, December 23rd, also at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. God's time zone. This one's on ESPN and uh, Utah State, a two and a half point favorite on the, uh, on the blue turf. Of course, at Boise State is where this, uh, this game is held in Boise, Idaho, Utah State, a two and a half point favorite over Georgia State with a total of 59 and a half currently. Now, obviously these lines shift, they change. Uh, so make sure and shop around and whatnot. I'm just telling you what I think based on the numbers and based on what the the spread is currently. So moving on uh, Utah state full season. I've got Utah state favored by one and a half. Uh, when this thing opened, Georgia state was favored by two and a half. It has moved five whole points uh, all the way through zero, all the way over to the other side where Utah state is a favorite. Uh, looks like uh, uh, Levi Williams is going to be the uh, starting quarterback here for Utah state. They've been dealing with some quarterback injuries, but Georgia state, Yes, they're going to have Darren Granger, their uh, their starting quarterback. But they have got so many guys in the portal, and this is a team that lost their last five games, did not cover any of them, got absolutely demolished in these games. How much do they really want to be here? Uh, Their star uh, running back, Marcus Carroll, uh, he has already transferred out. He is going to Missouri, so he ain't sticking around for this. Um, This is so full season numbers, I mean, Georgia State, not good on defense, um, especially against the pass that you see they're number 115 in PPA per pass. Well, Utah State's number 45. Uh, It hadn't mattered which quarterback is in there. Uh, Blake Anderson, the head coach at Utah State, he has got a passing offense that will work. So uh, you look at their rushing attack, they're fairly good running the ball. Offense is not the problem for Utah State. On the other side, Utah State's not good at stopping the run. Well, when you have offensive linemen and running backs and whatnot in the portal, uh, that's not good either for Georgia State. So I don't know how much they're going to be able to uh, take advantage of this Utah State defense. But regardless, uh, let's move to the last six weeks of the season. And yeah, Utah State favored by 11.26. Power rating wise, I've got Utah State favored by one. That's on the full season. Uh, you can see that up there at the top, but I, I look at this and yeah, uh, this is this is not going to go well for Georgia State. They've not been very good um, passing the ball. They've not been very good running the ball. They're just they have not been good they, over the past six weeks. They were number one thirty two in net points per drive. Uh, now Utah State isn't great. They're number eighty, but that is significantly better than what Georgia State's been doing. I mean, this is just a disaster. Uh, what georgia state has turned into and i don't know how interested uh, those guys are going to be in playing this game Uh, when you look at like playing winning football the five factors if you google that you can figure out exactly what goes into the five factors Uh, but the five factors plus talent rank these are two teams over the past six weeks of the season or the last six weeks of the season uh, that did not do great things right Georgia State was number 124 in that metric. Utah State was number 115. Uh how these two teams got to 6 wins is kind of amazing if you want to be completely honest. Um points per game margin over the past 6 weeks uh that's Look, Georgia State was number 133. I mean, it's just... <laughs> Points per play margin, number 133. Net points per drive, number 132. PPA margin, that's predicted points added margin, number 132. Uh, Utah State, I think, is going to be able to take advantage of a team that, I mean, if you are if you are Georgia State and you are based in Atlanta and it is uh, right before Christmas, are you really wanting to go all the way up to Boise, Idaho to play against the Utah State Aggies? Uh, and I think that's the whole handicap here. Like, I know the spread is two and a half. Uh, I will lay it. I will lay it all day. Utah State minus two and a half. Um, I just don't think that Georgia State is going to want to be there, especially with all the guys that they've got out. So, but again, this bowl season has been absolutely wild. So we'll just we'll just see what happens. We will see what happens. Uh, next, what up? The sixty-eight Ventures Bowl. South Alabama hosting. Eastern Michigan. That's right. This one is in Hancock Whitney Stadium in Mobile. It's South Alabama's home stadium, so they could play home game uh, for a bowl game, I guess. Uh, South Alabama is favored by seventeen in this one right now. Uh, the total is forty-six and a half. It's uh, December twenty-third, six p.m. Central Time on ESPN, and this number has gotten absolutely crazy. Uh, but I I understand it, right? Eastern Michigan's starting quarterback is out. Uh, They got a bunch of other dudes in the portal and whatnot. It's just a, it's a mess. It's a mess for Eastern Michigan. But South Alabama, their star running back is out. Their top wide receiver is out. They got a couple other guys in the portal. Their starting quarterback, Carter Bradley, looks like he is probably not going to play due to an injury. Uh, So the top three pieces of your offense for South Alabama are going to be out. And yet they are still favored by 17. If you just look at the numbers, which I meant to do that earlier, uh, full season, I would have South Alabama favored by 11.85. Uh, I would have South Alabama by 13.5 as far as the power rating. And, yeah, I toss on, like, two more points, I guess, for the stats uh, to bacon home field, I guess you could say. But, like, how do we get to 17? Like, I understand Eastern Michigan's got some dudes out. But South Alabama's got some dudes out, too. And it's not like South Alabama is the most consistent team in the country. Uh, South Alabama is number 91 in giveaways per game. Uh, Eastern Michigan, number 48 in takeaways per game. Now, this is full season stats. This South Alabama defense is significantly better than the Eastern Michigan offense. right? Just looking at efficiency numbers. Number 99 PPA margin for Eastern Michigan on the season. South Alabama, number 34. But as this season went on, remember this South Alabama team is six and six. They are not a good football team overall. Uh, but let's look over the last four, or excuse me, last six weeks of the season, and uh, suddenly South Alabama is number sixty nine in PPA margin, and Eastern Michigan is number ninety nine. Um, Eastern Michigan is still not good, but my numbers have South Alabama favored by nine over the past six weeks of the season, and and it makes no sense, right? Like. The the matchup style works perfectly uh, in favor of uh, South Alabama because what they do best on offense is throw the ball. Well, that is what Eastern Michigan is the worst at, and what Eastern Michigan does best on defense, which is stop the run, uh, that is the thing that you know South Alabama doesn't do as well. But now you've got a backup quarterback coming in for South Alabama, so eh, you know I I, I don't seventeen is crazy it's just nuts so when you look at all the the overall numbers um i i can't get there like I, you look at the five factors plus talent again eastern michigan is not good number 118 um but when you look at south alabama they're only number 79 this is not 17 points difference i just i, I can't see it i don't see it i won't see it uh give me give me eastern michigan plus the 17 it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but man, when you start looking at at Chris Creighton, one, he's 4-1 and one against the spread in bowl games, uh, and he is ridiculous as a double-digit dog, especially on the road. So Eastern Michigan is the play for me, especially now that it's at 17. Uh, I don't know if I would take anything under 17. Like, if this thing's around 16, uh, you know, come game time, I'd probably stay away from it. But at 17, yeah, yeah, I'm all about Eastern Michigan on that one. Uh, if you've not already, go ahead like the video, subscribe to the channel, uh, all that kind of stuff, and jump in the comments. I, I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say uh, about today's games.
3: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.
0: All right we changed out the scenery but let's continue on with our picks for Bowl season we moved to game number six and it is the Las Vegas Bowl uh, that is Utah against Northwestern Northwestern a six and a half point dog here total of 42 on this one uh, it is on of course Saturday December 23rd 6 30 p.m Central time God's time zone on ABC. Let's pull it up. Let's take a look at what we're looking at here. Uh, full season numbers would have Utah favored by 9.94 points. So, uh, that makes sense with the opening spread, which was Utah minus 9 uh, right when the bowl games were announced. Uh but when you when you really look at it, uh, Utah has got just a bunch of guys in the portal. Uh, Bryson Barnes is in the portal, but he is going to play. However, his backup Nate Johnson, he is not going to play. He is uh, he's gone, gone. Uh, they got just dudes injured, and this is not the same team that started the season. Uh, it's just kind of a mess. So uh, we scroll down. We look at the Utah offense. Um, not great at throwing the ball. Uh, but at the same time, it's not like the Northwestern defense is very good either. So, you know, it is it is what it is. Uh, both of these teams are really good at taking care of the football. Uh, number seven and number 30 in turnover margin. Uh, both teams are really good at not committing penalties that are going to get you, you know, hurt. Uh, number 43 and number 37 in penalties per game for these two. Uh, when it comes to five factors plus talent, Utah, you know, massive advantage uh, over the full season. But. Let's swap it over, and this is what the last six weeks looks like. That's a pretty big difference. Utah by one is what I have this at. Uh, now, my, my power rating has Utah by, like, 14. But even still, that's with, like, all the healthy players and all that kind of stuff, right? Right. Uh, You look at this, I mean, Utah's defense against the pass, which is what Northwestern has been pretty good at here with Brendan Sullivan. Um, Utah's defense, number 100 PPA per pass, uh, number 108 passing success rate allowed. They are number 119 in havoc created. I mean, this is just not a typical Utah defense over the last six weeks of the season. Uh, They are number 112 in passing downs, PPA, et cetera. Uh, Northwestern... They've just not been able to run the ball. Uh, number one twenty-four rushing success rate. Number one thirteen PPA per rush on offense. Uh, just kind of a, a debacle there. Um, but you know, whenever Northwestern does get down the field, uh, which isn't often, they uh, they do finish drives. They are number twenty-three in the country in points per scoring opportunity. Uh, David Braun is aggressive. Uh, he is willing to go for it on fourth downs and whatnot. Um, you know, they don't do it a ton. But they they take shots, right? They certainly take shots. So, um, so, we move along. We go to Northwestern on defense. And, yeah, I, I look at this, and Northwestern's defense, number 22 against the pass. Uh, Utah's offense is number 77 in that spot, PPA per pass. Uh, as far as running the ball, Uh, Northwestern has actually been pretty good against the run. Uh, Now, their offensive line yards and stuff rate wouldn't tell you that, but they don't allow explosive runs. They're number 16 in that spot, and they're number 25 in PPA per rush, so you're not going to break off a bunch of long runs on them and all that kind of stuff. Uh, The five factors plus talent rank over the past six weeks has Northwestern number 41 and Utah number 51. So big difference there. Uh, This... You know, this spread is at six and a half. I liked it a lot better when it was, you know, at seven or above. Uh, I bet it at Northwestern plus seven. I'll still take Northwestern plus six and a half here. Uh, this is just, I, I look at it, and I think Northwestern is going to be more fired up to be here. Kyle Whittingham has not been good in bowls recently, uh, and this Northwestern team is fired up for David Braun. So give me, give me the Wildcats plus the six and a half. All right, carrying on. The Hawaii Bowl, Coastal Carolina against San Jose State, and the Spartans are a 10.5-point favorite here. Total of 52 on this one. This one also on December 23rd, 9.30 p.m. on ESPN. And let's go on and uh and pull up the numbers here. And full season numbers, I would have San Jose State favored by 038 points. That ain't a lot. I mean, it's just not, right? But, however, San Jose State has been on a run. Uh, Let's go on and pull this back up this way. So, Coastal Carolina's offense uh, has actually been pretty good passing the ball over the full season. They've not been very good running the ball, but they do run a scheme that I think can have success against san jose state san jose state number 127 ppa per rush allowed uh that ain't good so if if coastal was ever going to have success running the ball it would be in this spot now coastal does have a bunch of dudes in the portal but the quarterback ethan vasco uh has the second most quarterback snaps on the team he's uh he's the quote-unquote third string guy but he's he's been good when he's actually been in let's take a look over the last six weeks and over the last six weeks, uh, it would have San Jose State favored by 7.86. But if you look uh, at the. Well, here, we'll pull up the full thing. If you look at the defense, the best thing that San Jose State does is throws the ball. Uh, Shevin Cordero does a really good job. However, Coastal's defense has been awesome against the pass. Uh, they are number eight in PPA per pass allowed. Uh, San Jose State is number two in that metric. Now, San Jose State does not do uh, a lot of throwing. Uh, around 40% or so of the time are they throwing the ball. They, uh, they do like to run it, and Coastal Carolina's defense cannot stop the run. So that is certainly an issue. They are number 129 in rushing success rate allowed. Uh, San Jose State's offense is number 54 in rushing success rate. Um, but Coastal does not allow explosive runs, so that's certainly a good thing. Uh, If they can, at any point, slow down San Jose State, then they'll be fine on passing downs because their secondary is really, really good. Whenever Coastal has the ball, uh, they're pretty good throwing the ball, but at the same time, um, you know, San Jose State, really good uh, against the pass as well. They're number three in PPA per pass, uh, number three in passing success rate allowed, Yes, San Jose State they can stop a passing attack. Uh, they are not good against the run though. Still not uh, number one hundred two PPA per rush, uh, number seventy six in rushing success rate allowed. They are number one hundred two in rushing explosiveness. So Coastal could have some success. Uh, you know, maybe running the ball, getting some uh, some explosive plays there. Uh, San Jose State number one twenty two in stuff rate, uh, number one hundred five in offensive line yards allowed. I mean, just not not great stuff. Uh, five factors plus talent rank. That all points towards San Jose State. Like, all this kind of stuff. Uh, The question here is, of course, uh, motivation, I think. So, and and the question in that is, San Jose State was, you know, making a charge towards the Mountain West Conference title game, and they didn't make it. And now they're going to the Hawaii Bowl. They've already played in Hawaii this year. Uh, Coastal, like... We can question whether or not they want to be there. But I guess you could do the same thing about San Jose State. Uh, This team has just been on an absolute tear lately. Uh, My power rating would have Coastal actually favored in this game. Um, But uh, again, that's using, like, full season, right? So just roster and all that kind of mess. Uh, I'm going to take Coastal plus the 10.5. I just don't think San Jose State blows these guys out. Like, I think San Jose State has not been good in bowl games. Uh, Brent Brennan 0-2 straight up and against the spread. I uh, I am going to take Coastal Carolina plus the 10.5 here. They have bitten me so many times, but I'm going right back to the well with them. So, it is what it is. The Quick Lane Bowl. We move along to that. Bowling Green against Minnesota, and the Minnesota Golden Gophers 5-7, and seven, but they are a 3.5-point favorite here. Uh, total is thirty nine and a half. This one's on Tuesday, December twenty sixth, day after Christmas, at one p.m. East, or excuse me, Central Time on ESPN. And whew, Uh let's take a look. Let's take a look at it. Uh, Minnesota is a three and a half point favorite. Uh, my full season numbers would have Minnesota favored by one point five four, which is pretty nuts. Now a lot of that has to do with the team talent and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, because you can look. PPA margin on the season, Minnesota is number 124. That's predicted points added margin. Uh, They're number 118 on offense uh, per drive. They're number 97 on defense. Uh, Bowling Green, number 58 PPA margin, number 81 on offense, number 37 on defense. Uh, And this is an interesting one. Because when you start, like, really diving into these numbers, the offense for Minnesota is terrible. They're going to have a third-string quarterback, uh, and he's, like, the only guy on the roster. I think they'll probably have to play, like, a wide receiver if, uh, if he ends up getting hurt for whatever reason. Uh, these are two of the slower teams in the country, number 130 in plays per game, uh, as you can see there, for Bowling Green, number 125 for Minnesota. Neither team likes to go very fast. Uh, Bowling Green, however, and, and again, the reason why these numbers are the way they are, the team strength, Minnesota's number 36, Bowling Green, number 124. And so when you start to look at talent, it's just a, it's a lot different. Uh, over the last six weeks, I've got Minnesota favored by 7.68. Uh, PPA margin, again, looks off. Minnesota, number 118, Bowling Green, number 20, Uh Minnes like does Minnesota really want to be here? Eh. I mean maybe. Um I three and a half is is kind of a crazy number. Um it's come down, it was five and a half when uh when I made the sheets when this thing was first announced. I I look at this. I the bowling green defense looks good against the pass. Uh, but they're not very good against the run, and that is what Minnesota is going to want to do. Now, they've been running it nearly 55% of the time, Um, but you start diving into, you know, standard downs, PPA, and and all that kind of mess, and Bowling Green should be able to get Minnesota behind the chains at least a little bit. Uh, you look on Bowling Green's offense. Uh, They're going to have some dudes out on defense, by the way, so these numbers not going to be quite the same for really either of these teams. Uh, But, you know, Bowling Green on offense... Last six weeks, you know, these are raw numbers. Number 33 PPA per pass. Uh, Minnesota's defense, number 96 PPA allowed per pass. Uh, As far as rushing the ball, Bowling Green, fantastic, number 19. Um, But again, there's going to be guys out. So what are these numbers really going to mean? Number one in stuff rate allowed for Bowling Green's offense. Number 119 stuff rate defense for Minnesota. All of these numbers point towards Bowling Green. There's a reason why the number's coming down. Uh, but I I think this thing's gotten low enough to where I am expecting... I think Minnesota's going to cover the game. Uh, I think they're just significantly more talented. I think they're excited that they actually got to go to a bowl game. Uh, I, am, I am feeling it here. I'm going to take Minnesota, minus the three and a half. Uh, I could see, and this could be super tight but I'm seeing like a 21-17 kind of game and 21-17 to gets me a cover so I don't trust Bowling Green uh their wins are over some of the worst teams in the MAC their roster is not great um I'm gonna I'm gonna trust P.J. Fleck to get his guys up for this one he's been great in bowl games I think they're 5-0-1 against the spread in their last six bowl games uh so Minnesota yeah I'll, I'll take them minus the three and a half all right the first responder bowl and that is texas state against rice and texas state is a six point favorite total of 59 and a half right now again tuesday december twenty-sixth. this one's at four thirty p.m central time on espn and let's look at the full season numbers here uh they would have texas state favored by 0.17 points for the full season JT Daniels not going to play. A.J. Padgett is going to be the quarterback for Rice. And Rice, uh, full season numbers, able to throw the ball. Uh, they, they should be able to have some success against Texas State's uh, secondary here. Uh, really, the question is going to be whether or not they can stop Texas State's offense. Uh, when it comes to running the ball and whatnot, yeah, there, there might be some issues here for Rice uh, against Texas State. Now, they might be able to break some explosives, but you start looking at standard downs PPA, and that's where it's a bit of an issue. If if Rice can't stay ahead of the chains, they're going to be in trouble. Because I... Well, let me take that back. I misread the uh, the stat here. Rice, even if they don't stay ahead of the chains, they should be able to have some success, I would think, depending on how well A.J. Padgett can throw the ball, which we haven't seen a ton... Uh, but we've seen, you know, he's he's been fairly successful. Uh, successful, excuse me. Uh, Texas State on passing downs, number one twenty four PPA, number one twenty six passing down success, number one twenty three interceptions per game. Like they don't make turnovers here. Um, let's look at the uh, let's look at the last six weeks of the season, and it would have Rice favored uh, by half a point based on the last six weeks of the year, and two of those games didn't have. Uh, Uh, JT Daniels. Again, Texas State has not been good at stopping the pass. Uh, But that's not where the game is going to be won and lost. I don't believe. I am curious whether or not Rice is going to be able to stop uh, Texas State's passing attack. They only throw the ball about 50% of the time. But PPA per pass, number 22 for Texas State, number 33 for Rice's defense. Uh, number ten passing success rate, number thirty-two, uh, for Rice's defense. So number ten for Texas State's offense. Uh, as far as running the ball, that's where you might be able to get uh, something going if you're Texas State. Number twenty-nine PPA per rush, and at Rice's defense number one o four. As far as points per scoring opportunities, stuff like that. Uh, I think it's really just going to come down to whether or not one of these teams can be explosive. Uh, Rice number ninety-one in offensive explosiveness. Uh, uh Texas State number 131 in defensive explosiveness allowed so wh- which one of those teams is going to step up there uh Texas State's offense is number 28 in offensive explosiveness uh Rice's defense number 52 in defensive explosiveness allowed going to be interesting to see what happens here i think that this game is going to be a little bit tighter uh th- people feel like the motivation is on Texas State it's their first ever bowl game etc well, Rice did make a bowl game last year, but they were five and seven. They got in because of the uh, uh, the ARP or AR, whatever it is, right? Um, they got in because of that, and they didn't look good. They just got absolutely destroyed by Southern Miss. I would expect them to come out looking a little bit better uh, this go-round. So, yeah, uh, I just, I'm going to take Rice. I think the number has gotten a little out of whack. Uh it went it was down to 4 and then all of a sudden it bumped back up to 6. I I like the Rice Owls plus the 6 on this one. Um let's do let's do the guaranteed rate bowl. The guaranteed rate bowl has Kansas and UNLV and Kansas is a 12 and a half point favorite. In this one right now, total of 64 and a half. Uh, 12-26. So December 26th, 8 p.m. Central Time, God's Time Zone on ESPN. And let's look at the full season numbers. Kansas favored by 7.32. My power rating, which you see up there at the top, has... Let's see. It's UNLV plus 10. So Kansas as a 10-point favorite per the power rating. Um, But... I mean, this is this is uh, not quite half or a little more than half uh, of what the spread is right now, 12 and a half. Uh, UNLV, I'm, I'm a little terrified of this, right? UNLV has two safeties that are going to be out for this game, one transferring, one injured. Uh, Kansas, uh, they just scheme it up to where safeties just look foolish and if you got a third string guy back there or or a backup of any sort it ain't good i mean it just i don't i can't i can't even go further than that it ain't good uh looking at the numbers of course uh this kansas defense especially against the run is atrocious on the full season uh number 102 ppa allowed per rush number 101 rushing success rate allowed uh, but you you look over at these unLV numbers they're not great as far as rushing success so you know they're not they're not great consistently uh, but they are number two in rushing explosiveness number 35 in stuff rate allowed number 32 on standard downs PPA number 39 PPA per rush I'm still dealing with the side effects of COVID, so you guys will have to, <laughs> you'll have to excuse me because I'm about to die. Uh, just terrible. Uh, penalties per game, you know, that certainly points Kansas's way. Kansas on offense number two, PPA per pass. UNLV's defense is number one twenty-three. Uh, Kansas's offense number twelve, PPA per rush. Uh, UNLV number sixty-five. But this is full season. Let's look over the last six weeks here, and we'll pull up the full sheet so you guys can see it. And you look at this, and, you know, Kansas, still not great against the run.
1: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.